0: Hello guys and uh, welcome to episode six of the Caged Dim podcast. This is a show in which I watch every single Nicolas Cage film from the very start to the very end. Uh, so far in the series we have had Valley Girl, the Grumblefish, oh nearly forgot that one. Um oh, let me look at my notes. Racing with the Moon, The Cotton Club and the last episode which I released on Monday was Birdie. Uh, this week we'll be doing the 1986 film The Boy in Blue, so our boy Nicky Cage has taken two years off. We'll find out whether that was two years well spent or two years with his finger up his ass. Um... But before we get into things, I am going to try something out. I was put on something today which is called The Cage Cage. Uh, you can find it at thecagecage.com and it's a 360 VR experience where you're just put into nothing but Nicolas Cage. Wherever you turn, you've got Cage, you've got scenes from his films. Um, I'm going to put myself inside the cage cage for up to 10 minutes before this episode. Um, I'm going to do that in a minute and let you guys know what it was like. Um, I might make this a regular thing just to get myself in the cage zone before each episode. Um, I feel like it might add to things. It might it might send me further down the downward spiral of the ridiculousness of Nicolas Cage. This is a fucking crazy idea anyway to have a yeah, an augmented reality VR, whatever you want to call it, experience where you're face to face with Cage and nothing but Cage. Um, and obviously... Uh, Yeah, want to have a little mention of social media and the Nicolas Cage DVD Amnesty. I'm actually currently up to, I think it's like 53 DVDs or something crazy like that. Uh, I recently bought online um, the Wicker Man, the director's cut. I know the standard cut is on Netflix, but I wanted to get both versions. Uh, When it comes to, I really want to do a live screening slash podcast of the wicker man so uh just putting that out there now so people can get ready for it uh i'll be doing it in brighton but that is something i definitely want to put on it'll be a free event it'll be fun it'll be boozy it'll be stupid and uh what else i bought i bought the uh vampire's kiss Something I'm really looking forward to. It. I've heard that this actually has a director's commentary. And uh, Nicholas Cage himself is on there. So I think for that one. I might uh, watch both. Just to really really punish myself. Uh, but that one will be episode 11. So that will be the first time I actually have a guest. Uh, as of yet unconfirmed. I haven't got anyone. But. I definitely will. <laughs> and it will be fun, I assure you. Um, and the other film I got was... Well, leaving Las Vegas, which Nicolas Cage actually won a Oscar nomination. Uh, Oscar- no, he didn't win a nomination. He actually won the Oscar for that film. And um, every shitty straight-to-DVD film ever since has let you know that. Um, there's countless ones, uh, countless films like Pay the Ghost, uh, Dying of the Light, Left Behind, stuff like stuff of that ilk, stuff you might not even heard of. I'd never heard of until I'd embarked upon this journey. Um, they all say Oscar winner Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like 20 years past the fact of him winning that, uh, they shouldn't really be able to use it. I don't know, that's my personal opinion. Uh, hit me up on facebook twitter instagram or email if you feel any differently um yeah facebook twitter and instagram are all on at caged In pod and the email address is caged pod at com. and obviously don't forget to rate review and subscribe on itunes um yeah all that stuff will really help i'd like I read an article the other day about being on how to get on the new new and noteworthy it seems it seems there is no sure fired way to do it um, I don't know I think this is a stupid concept for a podcast, but I hope people find enjoyment in the pain and suffering of others in this case mine so share it with your friends share it with like-minded people who think that i don't know, stupid and like not purposely shit films but films that kind of unknowingly a shit but also fun yeah shit fun films if you know people are into that Put them onto this podcast if they're onto just I don't know if they're sadomasochists and enjoy watching and or and this is listening to someone suffer. Put them onto it. Well, guys, I'm going to stop rambling and I'm going to catch you on the flip side of the theme song. In that time, I would have been inside the cage, cage again. Check that out. It's the cage, it's ca- the cage, cage dot com um if you're into self-torture in any way so yeah i'm gonna roll the theme song and then we're gonna get into the ridiculous nature of Nicolas cage feels like i've been awake for days watch a film starring Nicolas cage could be shit or it could be fun valley girl face off an army of one Deadful corner, Lord of War, the Wicker Man trespass, and so many more. Know how it starts, I don't know how it ends. The first tenor solo, then it's me and some friends. No distractions, no expectations over the weeks. Hear my frustrations. I guess the podcast is about to begin. I'm your host, Petro Pasilovis, and I'm caged in. <sighs> Alright, so I've just done 10 minutes inside the cage cage and it's a cacophony of images and sound that you won't believe it is essentially a distilled version of what i'm doing here it is just simultaneous footage of nicholas cage films played over and over like in different orders as you turn around you see something new you see clips from vampires kiss connor the rock deadfall you name it it's in there and it's all just playing at once i used the google cardboard um just turning around in my lounge um just watching it it was it was full-on guys like it's put me in a really weird headspace but i think the perfect headspace to get on with this podcast and watch the boy in blue um again like most of these so far the boy in blue i know nothing about and as for those of you who haven't listened before i go into these cold i don't look at anything I, synopsis fuck that uh, imdb scores fuck that Metacritic, did it it, run tomatoes, like, for those of you who know by now, you know the drill, none of that, I got two rules, no expectations, that's been covered with that stuff, and no distractions, I turn my phone on silent, nothing, literally nothing, I've taken shit of notes, I think last episode, I took like six pages of notes, possibly why Birdie was the longest episode so far, but I don't know. I'm going to try and be a bit more concise in my rundowns of the films. Um, I imagine it'll probably get easier as I get guests in and stuff like that, and we'll talk about it and kind of refresh each other's memories. Obviously, I'm trying to cram in as much as I can about the film. Um, if any of you guys have any suggestions of obviously how you think the podcast should go, do you want more? concise roundups and a bit more opinion or a bit of mixture of both like do my opinion as I'm doing the roundup of the rundown of the film um I'm always like as I'm recording this podcast as the weeks go by and stuff like that I'm learning I'm learning about the sound quality I'm learning about how to carry myself on the microphone and obviously how to do this so yeah, hopefully as we go on, I'll probably get more insane, but more knowledgeable and maybe more entertaining. Who knows? Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to crack on with this one. I'm going to get my feet up, get turn my phone off and I'm going to go raging with Cage. Welcome back guys. Uh, it's actually been Ah, oh, when did I record that intro? That was last Thursday. This is actually currently the following Wednesday. I finally got round to watch this film. It took me about three or four attempts to watch it. There's been some real big doozies going on as to why I couldn't get around to watching it. So let's start off that Friday, like Thursday night, tried watching it picture quality, well, it was out of sync, so the audio and the picture not in sync at all, that really pissed me off, got late, was like, fuck this, I'm not doing it, um, Friday, I got tattooed, so Wasn't going to do it on the weekend. Oh yeah, I'm trying to balance, obviously with this podcast, I'm trying to balance my personal life, social life and work life whilst I'm trying to fit this in. So sometimes it just doesn't pan out the way I would like it to. And then I tried again Monday, but Sunday I got savage sunburn on my head. It literally, it hurt to just be under the lights in my house with that hat on. It's fucking stupid. I'm pretty sure I got like second degree burns or something on my head. Um, and I just wasn't in the right mental state to sit down, watch a film and record a podcast. So tonight was first night I've had the flat to myself. Obviously I did not expect my roommate Emma to put up with just me sat in a room talking and it's kind of I find it sometimes weird obviously if she's sat in the other room and I'm just trying to record this yeah it just comes across I don't know like I get self-conscious I'm sure if when it comes to a guest being on there, it's going to be a lot easier to just have a chat. Um, but yeah, tonight I finally got around to watching it. And to be honest, the sound, It was still fucking out of sync, but I just had to go over it. It got so bad. Like, literally, I would hear the line spoke, like a full line, and then I would see the mouse move. I kind of heard stuff coming before it actually came. But... I don't think it being in sync would have made me enjoy the film any more or any less. Um, so yeah, where do we start with this one? Um, it's The Boy in Blue from 1986. It's based on a true story of a rower called Ned Hanlon. Um. It's kind of, I'm guessing, it never really tells you when it's set, obviously, I don't do any research into these films beforehand, so I haven't looked up when it's supposed to be set, Um, I'm guessing it's turn of the century, you've got a lot of steamboats in there and stuff like that, but yeah, I'm going to rattle through the plot of the film, I'm going to try and keep the, the plots to the film a bit more concise and then give you more of what I think and standout scenes, I'm going to tell you off the bat with this one, I thought it was pretty shit, <laughs> um, I've got some other features as well that I'm going to try and try out in this episode, so let's get rolling with what happens in the film, uh, so yeah, we start off. You've got, Kay- you got your boy Cage, he's rowing. Uh, he has a party. He's a delivery guy. He's like a bootlegger. Gets rumbled by the police in the morning whilst he's trying to shag his girlfriend. He gets kidnapped by some guy who's in his amazing rowing. Takes him away uh, to a boat show. He says he's amazing at racing. He races a lot. Everyone thinks he's rubbish. Everyone thinks he's a bit of a bum because he's come out of nowhere. He gets the nickname The Boy in Blue because the colours he wears. Um, I don't know, for a film... Yeah, for, it feels like not a lot happens in this film. Maybe because I watched maybe the first 20 minutes and then took like a four-day break. But still, I remember it. I've got notes. Not a lot happened. It's an hour and a half. I'm not sure if this was straight for TV film at all. Um, So, yeah, we have a lot of races. We have a kind of subplot of a colonel tries to get Ned to sign with him to be his manager. Gets his uh, daughter, no, gets his niece, that's the one, to butter Ned up a bit. He takes her out, he's interested in her, they go on a row along a nice little lake and she has a chaperone, you feel like things are going really well. And then we get like the next scene of Ned at a high class function, there's a lot of um, big wigs and small wigs, all the wags, uh, <laughs> You get introduced to a guy whose name I wrote down as Andrew Boffball. I don't think that's his name. I'm pretty sure I've written it down differently a bit later. Um, they're all slagging him off. Obviously, he's a cunt-like kind of country bumpkin-style guy from Canada. They're saying, does he wash and stuff like that. Brilliant little scene. Um, Cage comes out of nowhere and says, oh, "You think I don't wash. I wash just like this glass of champagne to the face of a boff ball and then he smacks him one um, and the colonel's niece takes Cage to one side and they have a bit of an argument, she's like what are you doing why are you, why are you causing a ruckus um, he argues with her back, he's like I'm not I'm not into these, these people are preppy, these people are dickheads, They're not, the type of, not the type of people I want to associate with um, he kisses her, she ain't into it, she slaps him, <laughs> and, um, next day, we got, Ned, at a race, he's pissed up, he, is has a shambles, of a race, um, kind of looks like, he's out on the skids, down and out, kind of, everyone's, lost a lot of faith in him, uh, he goes back to his old ways, he's back to bootlegging, in Canada, Um Get a scene of policeman catches him, tries to drown him in a bucket, and puts gun in his mouth. Uh, he's bailed out of jail because his manager, a guy called McCoy, who's played by ah um, oh, the main character from American Werewolf. Um, again, I could have looked up his name, but because of the rules of this, I didn't. He tells Ned to take the deal that will get him out of prison because he's been arrested and that the colonel's deal. Yeah, he has a lot of friends in the mayor's office and stuff like that and that will get him out and yeah, obviously being with the colonel will help his progression in the rowing world kind of turns out, though, in the next ne- next scene, the Colonel is actually just trying to diddle him over. Um, he tries to get him to sign a contract that is very favourable to the Colonel and his band of merry dickheads. Um, Maggie, the Colonel's niece, overhears what they're saying in the room. She takes the cart for the teas and coffees and interrupts. And on hearing the terms of the contract that they will get 50% of the money he makes from any race, she interjects, oh, I don't really know about uh, contracts and stuff like that. But shouldn't Ned have a lawyer look over it? To which Ned's like, yeah, yeah, maybe 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 I should. It's a weird turn of events because the last time we saw the interaction between Ned And Maggie, it was kind of high tension and she seemed like she never wanted to see him again and hated his fucking gats. Um, He says thanks to her in the next scene and she says, well, even if I saw a stray, dirty dog in the street getting kicked, I'll still interject. Burn on you, Ned. Um, Yeah. The colonel puts our boy up with a trainer. We kind of get like a, mon- a montage of him training. He's on like some old school rowing machine. Gets pissed off when he sees that Maggie is on a date. I think it's with old Boffball, our mate from earlier. So what does he do? He buys her a puppy. She... <laughs> comes to thank him about it he is in a shirtless sweaty he's got a blue headband on looking like rambo um there's brilliant photos check it out i've posted a photo on my instagram uh yeah on on the social media of what he looks like in this scene it's fucking great um This is when the reveal comes that Maggie had to pretend to be interested with Ned because of her uncle trying to sweeten the deal for him to sign with him and for him to manage Ned. And he's pretty pissed off. I think I would be. Uh, And, yeah, she also drops the bombshell that she is engaged to our old mate, Boffball, who at this point I realised uh, is Boffwell. Still not a, not a very good name. <laughs> then we get Ned comes to his big race at the US Championships against a Australian guy called trick it who is a complete and utter douchebag a fucking asshole <laughs> um yeah mccoy sabotages his boat he kind of comes back out of nowhere and says to ned oh, i sabotaged his boat and he's like I'm not too cool about that i kind of want to win on merit and off my own back uh, they have an argument and mccoy leaves um, on race day, Ned goes to tricketts and tries to be amicable about the race. Says like, "Like, hope you have a good race." Tricketts is a fucking dick about it, an absolute asshole. Um, and Ned like says, "Oh, you might want to tighten up that screw on the seat, which is the one that." that mccoy had tampered with so even though he could have gone into the race he's a good guy about it and points out that there's a fault with it um he should have just let that happen because the race happens trickets is a dickhead and cage boy neddy boy loses his temper and smashes his boat into trickers resulting in him being banned by the rowing committee a board full of gray-haired wispy beard twiddly mustache wankers who uh, yeah ban him for life from racing in the us of a we then get a fairly emotional scene of um ned returning home kind of a bit beaten up, disheartened, but all of the townspeople of, I don't know where the fuck he lives in Canada, Canada, uh, are real nice to him. They kind of sing him a nice little song and say, hey, you're still cool by us, Ned. Uh, And he approaches Walter, a guy who I should have mentioned earlier, who Ned got a boat from that has a moving seat, something that hadn't been seen in racing. Until this point, Uh, sorry about that weird sound in the background. That is my telephone. That is um, an old-style ringing telephone that sometimes rings by itself and is pretty creepy when you're in the flat all by yourself. But uh, back to the preceding thing. Yeah, Walter is, as I said, has the moving seat rowboat. Um, he goes to him and says, I want you to train me to race trickets in a year's time in London, England. I am not banned there, so I can fucking give hand him up. Fucking yeah, give it to your trickets, you bloody Aussie twat. Um, Walter agrees. He says he'll pay him, like, Ned says he'll pay him, but he's like, I don't want it because... I've got a sick patent for these moving seats. And I've got orders coming in left, right and centre. And then we get a flash dance style montage. It's fucking great. Like, I'd say, like, I was pretty torn, like, with this film. I wish I had a bit more substance in the way that it kind of doesn't really... Give you much in the way of like motives for for the bad guys, as they were, like quote unquote bad guys, and I don't, it doesn't really build up those characters enough for you to care. So, I don't know, a lot of the time it just feels like Ned's being a bit of a no, no, not a dick, but like he's not really. Yeah, like, the Jeopardy or anything doesn't really feel that real, and time kind of passes willy-nilly, and you don't really get a real sense that a lot, like... I don't know, it's a weird thing that used to happen in a lot of 80s films. I remember watching a cocktail once, and a scene turned from one to another, and it was like, oh, two years have gone by, and it was like, you were with that guy in the scene before you look exactly the same uh, yeah yeah that's sorry i'm going off on a tangent there back to the flash dance style montage uh there's some great music on this bit that's uh, like a cross between chariots of fire and the black out of theme song so i would check it out just for that alone um Cage then tries to contact the colonel he goes to the colonel's house to visit him uh walter actually has a chat with the colonel about getting trickets who the colonel now manages to race ned in london ned meanwhile um sees maggie get into a carriage with old Boffwell boff 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 off or yeah what was his name boffwell uh yeah boffball boffball let's go boffball <laughs> and he chases after them with a weird exchange where he says he loves uh don't marry this dickhead um and it's brought up again about his hygiene of how he washes so how does he show about his hygiene that he has good hygiene this time takes off his shirt and throws it at boffball I didn't really, I didn't really understand what that was about. Um, I don't know anyone feel to share some light. Get in touch. Um, the next scene, we see Maggie sneaks over to Ned's because she had heard that the Colonel and Boffball were having a chat about Ned in some. Not very nice ways. It seemed like they had a plan to stitch him up when it came to the race. Um, he confesses his love again. He kisses her. This time she's into it. So he undresses her. The scene cuts. It's the next day. I think it's sad to say they have sex um and of all people who could turn up the next day the bloody colonel the colonel turns up to come to chat to ned about his terms for the race in london um colonel's terms are that ned will lose the race uh, Ned's not really too fussed with what the colonel has got to say, kind of just agrees because he has got his, he's got the colonel's niece behind a chest of drawers in his bedroom, so is more concerned with her not being spotted than really what the colonel has to say. So it's so, like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll agree to your terms, I'll agree to your terms, don't worry, I'll take the $10,000 you're offering me. And just kind of get out. Um Then... uh Literally, as I, yeah, as I said earlier, no real sense of time, because the very next scene is Maggie and Ned getting married. Uh, came out of nowhere. Must have, like, apart from being a fantastic rower, he must have been a fantastic shag as well, because a one time, and she wants to marry him. Like, you have no they they don't really give you they, can, they don't give yeah they don't give you any sense of time passing there. you do not know if it was the very next day um all you really know is see kind of a photo being taken and then the colonel is pissed. he's talking to McCoy because again, I forgot to mention earlier when it was actually revealed, but McCoy was working for. The Colonel, um, he was actually sent to get Ned. His whole plan all along was send McCoy to get Ned involved in racing and then he could sign with him. He's pissed off that, obviously, he got married to his niece and is also pissed off because he sent him a note with the $10,000 back to him saying... I race to win, I don't race to lose. Now we're in London and the kind of climax of the film that kind of happens in the last 15 minutes, like I kind of felt like the build-up, it's too much build-up for this race in, no, the race in London is brought up very late in the film, it was if the kind of it was brought up earlier on it would have been great if it had been focused around one race this film this film could have been so much better given the subject matter and the fact that it's a true story I think it's a poor telling of a true story hasn't done right by the lovely man Ned Hanlon's name so Water Reveal's to ned that he set a wager with Knox, that he would give up his patent on the line which was worth fifty thousand dollars for the race that they were going ahead with um and then we see mccoy in the uh, boathouse as ned is about to get ready (laughs) sorry i have no idea what that was that was my throat doing a weird noise. Um. So, yeah, McCoy's in the boathouse, which leads to a bit of... Yeah, you can see a mile off. You reckon, I reckon he's tampered with the boat. They don't really see it, though. He's He's got previous. He's known as a, a boat tamperer. Like, him and Ned aren't getting on. I don't know why they didn't see it happen. Because the big race comes. There is a pumping simp score out of nowhere very reminiscent of some of the stuff from the warriors the, like the soundtrack to this point has been quite classic obviously the time setting this whole film has a kind of weird mix between having stuff that looks like it should be from the 80s in a kind of turn of the century Period piece. Yeah, it's pretty strange. Um, So, there's a loose fitting on his oar. Surprise, surprise. McCoy did tamper with the boat. Uh, Ned starts falling behind because he's trying to fix it whilst racing. The tensions are high. Everyone's involved. Everyone's coming along on these steamboats behind chasing the action McCoy is asked by his wife did you tamper with the boat and in this kind of giving him a moment of clarity and realizes that Ned's a nice guy I've fucked up here I've kind of put my faith in the wrong guy in the way of the colonel so he jumps off Swims up to Ned with a tool to help him fix the boat. What a nice guy. Do you know what that leads to? That leads to Ned winning the race. What a guy. Um, And then, yeah, we get to this kind of real weird ending. Um, We see the colonel take off. He kind of gives... Uh, McCoy a wry smile and a wave as he does so. And then two British ruddy bloody blokes come over and ask McCoy. uh, Right mate, you McCoy. To which he doesn't doesn't reply, but they know it's him anyway. They start to rough him up. Uh, McCoy's wife then chases up to Ned and says that Oh, he's in a bit of bother. Um, and yeah, Ned turns up, and there's a really weird callback to a really throwaway scene earlier on in the film where Ned say, uh, where McCoy says, You take the two on the left. There's only two guys. They kind of have a laugh and freeze frame. The film fucking ends. That's it. We kind of get a little bit of text on screen. Just says that Ned Hanlon raced a lot more and ran for um, something and won by a landslide. Which, well done for him. I've yeah, uh, I'm gonna get on to more of what I thought of the film and stuff like that. Um, I'm actually gonna do something that I haven't done before. Um, as you guys probably know by now I go into these films that I don't know about cold so I don't know any reviews what I'm going to do from this point on with every episode is you get what I think about the film as a idiot who kind of doesn't really know what he's talking about and i'm gonna see if i'm miles off from popular opinion in the way of imdb scores metacritic and rotten tomatoes am i just not getting what these films are about am i missing something am i a man unto his own sailing against the wind rowing in a different slipstream to everyone else total disregard for popular opinion or am i bang on it'll be interesting to see like are these films crap and i know they're crap or are they bits of genius that i'm just not getting or it's like the weight of this whole thing kind of Warping my mind into not fully appreciating them, so I went over a bit during the rundown of the film of my overall opinion of it, but in this section, I'm going to just really yeah to really give you my full opinion of the film um I didn't like it, I felt that like. Uh, racing with the moon it lacked the uh, coherence and I don't it lacked a lot of story really lacked a lot of character development and the fact that didn't really feel invested in the characters or the trials and tribulations because the villains hadn't really been established all too well so when he came up against these great adversities as they were, he didn't really care. Um, I feel that these earlier Nicolas Cage films are very serious and he's really trying his acting chops out a lot. Um, This one, there's a lack of Cage quotes this week because there wasn't really anything yeah there wasn't really any substance to this there wasn't really any standout scenes it was kind of a real run-of-the-mill biopic Uh, not really not really run-of-the-mill in the fact that it felt like a lot of the confrontation in this film and tension was forced and maybe fabricated I don't know obviously I don't know the true story at all but yeah the stuff of the colonel I don't know I felt like there could have been a lot more of a interesting story a lot more of an expansive story of Ned Hanlon's life and yeah like Cage was passable I've seen him do better in the films I've watched so far, I feel like I'm going to see them do better. I feel like it's going to be more enjoyable. Was, uh, this film was very vanilla. It wasn't a great deal, really, to get myself. Yeah, it didn't get me excited. So, this has been a bit of a dud one. But that's enough of what I think about it. Let's see if I've totally missed the mark and let's see what the ratings are on imdb rotten tomatoes see if i am a fucking idiot guys so looking on imdb this has a 5.4 rating out of 10 Again, middle of the road it's i was yeah i think i was right on this one guys it were not that good um You can look a bit more into on IMDb of the takings of the film, which is quite interesting. It had an estimated $7 million budget, um, Canadian dollars, and took a gross of... 275,000 in the US, which doesn't sound great to me, yeah, bit of a flop, um, when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes, I kind of, I'm looking here, uh, on the, When you just Google the film, it comes up and says it has a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes, but when you go on the actual website, that 96% is nowhere to be seen and has an audience score of 45%, which again is kind of on par with the IMDB rating. A stinker. Um yeah, it's got a three point five average rating based on seven hundred and eight reviews. Seven hundred and eight. I'm not alone guys in thinking this is shit. Yes. Um, so moving forward what do we have with the next episode we have Peggy Sue Got Married our third outing with the director Francis Ford Coppola and I believe in this one we have Jim Carrey from the case of this film which is on my dvd shelf jim carrey's in this one i'm looking forward to it uh it's gonna be the seventh episode and that will mark yeah there is four more to do solo verse 10 yeah so Peggy Sue got married and then it'll be followed by Raising Arizona a Cohen Brothers classic some would say uh, I've seen it once but don't really remember it so looking forward to getting back into that one and uh, then we have number nine is Moonstruck with if I could turn back time star Sheer. share, share. And then our final one of me just chatting shit solo is never on a Tuesday, maybe on a Wednesday, maybe on a Thursday, we got never on a Tuesday, and then I'm super psyched for the first episode I have a guest on because it is Vampire's Kiss, a film I have seen before and has gained notoriety online for the famous alphabet scene oh boy i cannot wait for that episode and i can't wait to actually start having guests on the podcast and having a chat about the films um so I don't have to just sit in my lounge on my own watch the film on my own I I feel like I'll feel a bit more sociable and won't go as crazy as I have been going I admit at times I'm finding it hard to pull myself to make the time to watch these films it's kind of a laborious task but I can assure you now I will do it I will get through all 72 of these films I have on my list with a few little bonus ones I'm gonna stick in here and there and I know there is a few Nicolas Cage films in the pipeline I've had a look on IMDB and there are some in different stages of production so if they come out whilst I'm still recording season one of this podcast then I'll get to them when I get to them. Or if not, I will add them as bonus episodes when I get on to season two. When I pick a new actor to delve into and see what the fuck they have to offer. If it's better than Cage. If it's worse than Cage. If it's a whole other beast altogether. I'm going to leave you this episode with i'm gonna do these every episode for the foreseeable future i am going to find i found 50 uh what is the headline it is 50 nicholas cage facts for the 50th birthday of this national treasure so here we have Fact number one, he was born Nicholas Coppola until the Huffington Post in 2012 that he decided to change his last name after actors on the set of the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High resented him because of his renowned director Francis Ford Coppola, uncle. <laughs> it's quite funny here at the end it says in brackets. Most of his role in that film ended up getting cut kind of feels like so far a lot of the stuff he's done in the 80s could have been cut anyway guys until next time i've been your host petrus pat Sivalis. i've been caged in you've been rad bye this podcast is presented by the breadcrumbs collective home of the pod charles cinecast caged in Copal connections a drip town main franchised and many more to come